kind of let music go, but it, it wouldn't stop coming out with me. I would print out till receipts and on the back just start writing on them or start imagining, writing stories about what people look like and just little things for me like poetry to keep me going. You are listening to Made of Human, also known as the Mopad, a podcast hosted by Sophie Hagen, who is a Danish comedian. Mopad. Trying to find out Mopad. how to do life. Mopad. I am talking to you from my bed. I'm not lying down, I'm sit- sitting up. Lying down, sitting up, is that how you say it? I'm, um, I, I'm, I have a guest coming over tomorrow, like a, a podcast guest who is, um, I mean, I don't want to say who because he might cancel. I don't know. He's a bit flaky. It's flaky a bad word. I just mean like, um, uh, What's like a, a nice word for? <laughs> what's a nice word for unreliable? <laughs> uh, you know, just like the. I, I don't know him well enough to know if he's the type of guy who would uh, arrange to do a podcast a month ahead and then not show up. Anyways, he's really famous, and like <laughs> I've been trying to. T- I've talked to a few friends and said, "Oh, this person is coming to my bedroom to record a podcast, and he'll be sitting very close to my bed." And my clothes, and my underwear, and he might use my toilet, and it's just a bit weird. But I did suggest that we could meet somewhere else, but he was okay with the bedroom. So I'm sitting in the bed that this very famous person might possibly sit right next to uh, tomorrow. It's a bit weird. This whole thing is a bit weird. But uh, welcome, welcome to this episode. It's Roxanne. I. Uh, ran into, ran into, I met Roxanne at an event a few months ago in December 2018 when we did uh, Jarlath Regan's podcast called Men Behaving Better and the topic was uh, calling out, uh, call people out, how do you call out family members? And um, I, I mean, a lot of people disagreed with me. Hmm. And uh, Roxanne was the only person who, uh, of of the, you know, I, I don't know about the audience, they didn't say anything, but uh, <laughs> it was a live show. But, you know, I, f- I felt it was a space in which I felt quite radical. It was very interesting. You should listen to the episode. It was very interesting. But Roxanne stood up and... Um, said I was right and I was like thank you because <laughs> I really felt like I was fighting against like a fucking whole system it was it's interesting when you um, go on a podcast to talk about calling out and how to call people out and how it's our responsibility to call people out and then the host does something problematic and then you call him out and he loses his shit <laughs> I don't think Jala would mind me saying that because that's basically what happened and it's in the recording so um, maybe I'm interpreting 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 anyways it differently than uh, than he would or that other people would but um, it was a weird epi- I, you should listen to it just f- for fun if you're having a good day where you wouldn't get annoyed with uh, people's politics then listen to it and that's why I met Roxanne she's phenomenal like wow wow so do listen to this episode with Roxanne and do enjoy it I quickly want to say I am 
going on tour of the UK. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do a book and stand-up tour called Bubble Wrap Happy Fat in April, May, and June 2019. And I know some people are like, uh, what about what about Scotland? And I get it. I totally get it. And listen, I love Scotland so much. I really, really, really do. I am at the Glasgow Comedy Festival in March. I spent one twelfth of each year in Edinburgh, and every single other tour has always gone to and will always go to uh, Scotland, Glasgow, Aberdeen. Uh, I once had a show in, I've had a show in Bankery, and I've had a show in Elgin. Like I love Scotland, I will go to Scotland. But this particular tour, which is a twelve-day tour with very uh, limited uh, amount of time and stuff, won't go to Scotland. But it has been done in Scotland before because the show Bubble Rap I did in 2015 and I did that in Edinburgh in um, I think I also did a preview in Aberdeen actually so you know what, you know what I will come to Scotland because I love Scotland I live one month of the year in Scotland sorry for this tour not going to Scotland, there's only 12 dates okay I will be doing <laughs> So sorry for being so defensive. It's just I get a lot of tweets. And um, I think I, in my head I read them all in a Scottish accent. So they seem scarier than, than usual. Uh, I'm doing two Denmark shows in April in Copenhagen and Aarhus of my new show, The Bum Swing. And then I know a lot of you are like, why are you not coming to Odense or Olbo? But again, uh, I needed to set up the tour very, very quickly. Well, it's not a tour, it's two shows. But... Uh, by then all the other venues were booked out so I couldn't do it till like June but I'm doing other shows in June so I can't do it in June so that's why I'm only in Copenhagen and Aarhus but you know what Denmark the travel between Olbo and Aarhus and the travel between uh, Aarhus and Odense or Copenhagen and Odense is like nothing that's how long it takes me to get from here to like the another place in London okay so you can you can travel you can travel to see my show, The Bum Swing. Uh, sign up for my newsletter, please. That's where you get all the goss about where I'm coming to do shows. Uh, I will be in... Well, I mean, by the time you listen to this, this will be way too late, but I'll be in Leicester on the 18th... 18th? Of February? That's really soon for you. Anyway, so that was just something I remembered. You can buy my film versions of my two previous shows for download for £5 each. Shimmer Shatter and Dead Baby Frog. All this is on my website, sophiehagen.com. Uh, there's also a link because you can pre-order my book, Happy Fat, which is about why it's fucking okay to be fat. You can get that on Amazon or wherever you usually buy your books. Then I have another podcast called Secret Dinosaur Cult, which is like a queer live comedy podcast. And we do live shows that you can come to. You can find tickets to the live shows if you go to secretdinosaurcult.com. And you can listen to it there or wherever you get your podcast. Okay. I will now let you listen to your new favorite person, Roxanne. So for people who might not know who you are already, uh-huh. do you want to give a quick yeah. introduction? So hey everyone, my name is Roxanne. I'm originally from Birmingham. I am a rapper... Um, my PR would say I am an influencer, but no, I'm not. I'm just a girl from Birmingham that has a dream to to um, to represent women that aren't represented in the industry. 
Yeah, by that you mean? By that I mean um, tomboys, I don't know. Um, yeah, tomboys, you know, women that aren't really feminine, quite masculine women that still want to feel beautiful and feel like a woman. Yeah. Amazing. That's me, I think that's me, yeah. And a rapper. For yeah, me, that yeah. is... I don't know if that's a childish way of thinking. I'm like, that is so cool. Do you know what? People say this to me and I'm like, do you really think it's cool? See, I think singing's cool. Try oh, that. Yeah? My voice is too deep. I sound like Barry White. So I had to kind of learn how to rap. <laughs> he had quite a good career, by the way. Yeah, but I, okay. Barry White with no tone. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can do a little bit of Elvis and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, is that, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? That, I've had a lot of, heard a lot of actors say that, oh, I could never do stand-up, that's so cool. And I have the same yeah, way about rap. I'm, and then if you have it with sing, you know. Stand-up to me, I'm sorry, is the worst thing ever. The worst thing ever. But I kind of get it a bit, because when I perform, you know when you have those awkward silences or the music's too late, the music goes wrong or the, the sound guy messes up. Um, you just, I start talking to the crowd and just, ah, and having a laugh, but I really get nervous, so... To do it for like five to ten minutes must be crazy. I do it for like ten seconds. I don't know how you do it. I mean, I have the same feeling about rap. That's mad. We when should we should do a thing. A we should do a workshop. When there's a silence between jokes and I start rapping, it never goes down well. That's or you you know what it is. We've rapping. People think it's really hard. My advice, like I do rap workshops sometimes oh, yeah? with kids in Birmingham. So what I say is literally pick four words that rhyme. So say you say rat, mat, cat, uh, slat, and then add the sentences. So you say I hate a rat. I love a cat. I'm scared. I wipe my feet on a mat. Do you know what I mean? And then yes. put the sentences together. And before you know it, you're rapping and you're rhyming. Wow. Was that how you started? Or how did you... How did I start? Um, oh, when growing up, I grew up in, um, people would call it the hood or like the, the ghetto in Brum. And the kids, we used to get bored on the area. So we'd play knock door run. We'd just terrorise the olders. So they brought in like a community centre and we used to pay a pound, just literally one pound. And they would take us like Alton Towers, Waterworld. So then they started, a, um, they had a studio and I was in there and I, me and my best friend Tia at the time, we were the only girls around the guys and we both have deep voices and couldn't sing. So all the guys started writing lyrics when Grime came to Birmingham. So I just started writing a bit of lyrics and everyone was going crazy and it just felt good. You know when you know when you do something and it feels more than just praise, it, like it warms your heart. I think from then I knew, yeah, this is me. Do you have the same feeling still? Yeah, yeah, Amazing. yeah, yeah. Performing, you know, like everyone loves different parts of um, music, but for me it's really performing is my favourite and connecting yeah. with the crowd and looking in people's eyes and just showing them letting them see a bit of you you know when you start dancing on your own you feel a bit stupid but you're in it and people love it I think yeah 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 oh that's amazing so how did you get to I mean you do it professionally how did you get to this point yeah um well again I grew up in Birmingham and how to book um when I was 18 no 17 I got a job for Aveda so like makeup cosmetics in Southridges quite creative really good at drawing and stuff I was really good like I was account manager by by 20 I was account manager I worked for Chanel Dior I'd done bridal shows with Givenchy um I didn't hate because I was never girly, but my mum loved it. So, you know, you just do it. I was really good at it. So everyone would come to me. I'd be booked out, do makeup, worked on Mac, you name it. But I just wasn't happy nine to five, Monday to Friday, standing in the shop. And then it got to a point where, you know, you think uh, I kind of let music go, but it, it wouldn't stop coming out with me. I would print out till receipts and on the back just start writing on them or start um, imagining what people's de- what people are and writing stories about what people look like and just little things for me like poetry to keep me going. Anyway, I got an email from Punch Records saying that on a Thursday saying on, in London there's an apprenticeship in a, mu- a music record label. Would it be something kind of interested? 
literally ran upstairs, called, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said it's in London. I said, oh no, they said it's at 10 o'clock tomorrow. I said, F it. Literally booked a ticket, called in sick to work, went there, um, got, got on the course. So it was four days at a record label, one day at college. Literally had to move to London in the weekend to start the college on the Monday morning. Literally moved with a suitcase the size of your bed. Literally <laughs> on the train. Stayed on my cousin's sofa for nine months. I worked at EMI. They just signed Tiny Temper. So that was cool. I, got, I was only the runner getting teas, sitting in, taking notes for the A&Rs. But I got to see how it worked. Um, I wrote out Tiny Temper's check. You know, like the big check that they gave to him. I was, it was me writing all the words on it. Um, and yeah, then one day they assigned Professor Green. And my friend said to me, Rox, just go. Professor Green was taking long um, to get on the stage. He was showing his album. My friend went, I dare you, I dare you. Just jumped on the stage, got the mic, started rapping. The whole, obviously I work with all these people. They were like, oh my God, you rap, you this, you that, blah, blah, blah. And then um, I just started, that's what I started doing. Going to open mics and to shows and just jumping on the mic when there was a second. Got a little name for myself. Um, one open mics that got me shows. And then in nine, after the nine months, that's how long the course was, um, a guy from EMI was moving to Polydor Universal and he was like, I'll sign you, I'll give you an album deal, do you want it? Didn't really understand the scene. I, I was just kind of... Nine months, you know, you can't really learn that much. I was yeah. 21. I was like, oh, thought I made it. I thought that was it. From Birmingham. <laughs> Don't understand the industry. Got signed to Universal. And then that's when I learned, oh, they want me to be very girly. They want to change me a bit. They want literally everything they signed me for and what they loved about me, what I don't get with labels. They wanted to dilute it or change it or yeah. what they say, p polish it. But you're not polishing it. You're completely taking me away from it. You know what I mean? What, yeah. what what you liked in me, you're changing it. That's what I really didn't get. It didn't feel right. It started to feel like work. It was literally Monday morning, nine o'clock. You'd get an Addison Lee to pick you up. You'd go to the studio with someone who had a hit with somebody that's got nothing to do with me. You know, yeah. little mix. Um, people that I don't do music like. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, the the good thing about being with the label is they got me into magazines, you know, because they have the money to pay. So yeah. that kind of got me known on the scene. So when I left after a year and a half of going back and forth before they were about to release my album, then went to a photo shoot. They had like Batty, Batty Riders and a bra top. I was like, no, this is not me. Literally called my lawyer. Thank God she was a woman. Understood completely. She was like, get out of there, Liverpool. Get out of there, Rocks <laughs> FM. Get out of there kind of thing. And then that was it, got me out of the label. And then luckily, they kind of gave me a little bit of money when you leave, wasn't that much. Um, and I just started setting up shop myself, doing things myself. And that's really when I excelled. That's when I done the rock the mic um, feature and this and that. And it's just kind of been a gamble effect from there. But then in that, I kind of found myself even more um, turned gay, I guess, or came out gay and <laughs> yeah. found out I was gay, yeah. Came out gay and then the sad thing about that is that kind of pushed me back because I guess people didn't, I was like the, th the first person at the time in the urban grime world to be like, yeah, I'm gay, this is my girlfriend. And I think, you know, when you're the first, people don't really warm up to it and shy to it. So you're it was quite hard. Place, aren't you? Hopefully, yeah. but it was quite hard. I felt really alone. Even my family, you know, I love my, my family and now we're all kind of okay, but Irish and Jamaican Rastafari kind of really hard Irish Catholic at that so I just felt really alone the good thing of that is I put it all into the music and started to connect with supporters so yeah here I am today kind of own myself a bit more know exactly what I want what I want to do and I'm about to put out an EP uh, project on Valentine's Day called For Her Amazing. I'm definitely going to send you one yes please yeah yeah please. yeah now I have your address I'm sending them yes. with a rose so it's for, for girls that don't um, have a Valentine yeah oh, amazing. I'll be your Valentine <laughs> 
excited. And it, yeah, no, I mean it. I'll definitely send Amazing. you a crossing. So, so you were twenty twenty one when 21. they were when they were trying to change you. Yeah, when I got signed. I think I still have a bit of this now, but yeah. I think even when I was twenty twenty one, if someone had said be this, mm -hmm. such a big part of my brain would be, oh, but who? What is that? Who am I? Yeah. Did you know? Were you no. just like, I know exactly See, this is no, me? No, I didn't. I didn't know who I was. I was that little girl from Birmingham that literally every night she goes to bed, prays to God and man almost manifesting. I want to be a rapper. I want to be a rapper. And now I'm older and I'm really in spirituality. I've realized that I manifested, but I didn't manifest what happens after getting signed and being yeah. a rapper. I just manifested. I wanted this where I should have prayed, God, please help me get it and help me understand it. I didn't realize that it was a business. Yeah. I didn't realize that it It was literally 90% business, 10% talent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. that. So I was like, oh my God, I've made it. I had £30,000 in my account. I was literally, for the first nine months of interning, I was on my cousin's sofa. And halfway through it, she didn't want me there. You know, sometimes yeah, yeah. you just want your house back. She wants yeah. her living room back. I've yeah. made a bed on the sofa. Like You know when you feel uncomfortable, you know you're yeah. not wanted, but it's family. I had money. I lived in Old Street for six... Money didn't last that well, guys. <laughs> Lasted for about a year. I rented my own place. I was getting Addison Lee's, not realising that it's coming out of my recouping money. Mm. And Addison Lee's, as we know, aren't cheap. Mm. And just, uh, yeah, I didn't realise at all. I was too young. I didn't have any... No, no financial help. No mm. one telling me, this is what you do. Prepare for a rainy day. The money will stop. They want the money back kind of thing. So, you no, know, I didn't. I just thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be Miss Dynamite, if I'm being honest. And then the harsh reality kicked in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but at the same time, I was learning who I am. Yeah. So you when they I mean? were trying to make you girly. Yeah. Were, did you already know that that is absolutely not Oh, my God, 100%. Because yeah? my whole life, I've never been girly. Like, even yeah. when I was young, my mum used to pay me a pound an hour to wear a dress at a christening, at my own christening. I raked oh, up, I yeah, yeah, I'd done it for three hours. I got three pounds, but when you're about six and five, three pounds, is, oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah. Yes, that's what I used to do. That was me. Ask, ask anyone that knows me. I've yeah. never been girly. And you've just always, there's always been a conscious. It's always, yeah. This is it. But then I didn't realise that there's nobody in the industry that represents me because I still love stars. You know, like Missy Elliott. Yeah. I loved her so much. But even then, as I got older, I understood. I love Missy Elliott, but I'm all about being honest. And she, Missy Elliott's been gay this whole time. If I knew no, she would, know. yeah, exactly. She was with Tweet. Remember that singer Tweet? No, I you, don't. Yeah. But anyway, she's she's been gay. Oh. So now I'm not angry, but I think if you were gay and open about it, maybe I would have found myself a lot earlier. I would have came to London gay and came. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. gay. I wouldn't have had to learn all this whilst I'm trying to create songs and an album and be an artist for a label you yeah. know and who else miss dynamite love miss dynamite not that she had to be gay but then she kind of just stopped or had a baby and became wanted to be a mum, which i understand as well and i look around today and there's no one that represents nobody no it's one. crazy no one that represents tomboys or masculine girl or just makes girls feel beautiful we still wear makeup we just prefer to hide our legs you know what i mean and not have our clothes stick to us and stuff Yeah. So it's just, it's really important to me. And it's not like there's only me. I've got a massive gang, the Toms, we call ourselves the Tomboys. We Amazing. all, we all do things. Um, Pussy Palace is one of our best nights that just, there's so many of us as well. It's wait, crazy. wait, you, Pussy Palace, do you yeah. run Pussy Palace? Which is, no, 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 I don't run Pussy Palace. You mean it's just one of the places My you... friends run Pussy Palace. Oh, I'm friends with the guys that run it. Right. But have you ever been? No, I've just oh, heard Oh my things. God, you've I've got to things. go. You I would know. love it. At 12 o'clock, every Pussy Palace, they have a Vogue line. Men, women, dogs, cats, 
every you name it. No, but you know, like they're really for yeah. They they have a thing called badge, bitch. So if you've got no one to go with, you email them and they give you a badge and they put all the badge like bad bitch, bad bitches together and they introduce you so you can go together Amazing. for the transgender. They get them cat. They have a taxi fund, so they get them cabs home because a lot of them yeah. it's really sad. They get um, beat up on the way yeah. home on the tubes. So they have a changing room for people that haven't come out yet that bring their clothes and get changed there into their really extravagant gay stuff. Like it's just a, literally a hub where you can be whoever you want. They they have a code, um, a code word that you can ask for. And if you feel uncomfortable, you say it to someone, you say it to the bartender and then they know you're being harassed and that person gets thrown out without Amazing. like they're so for our culture and just misfits, I guess. Well, what yeah. society deemed to be misfits. And that's what I want to do with the music, you know, have yeah. a safe space for people or anyone you don't have to even be gay and straight you just have to be humane yeah you know how do you do that through music how do you do that for me you talk about it um I'm, I'm, my thing is to talk about it um talk about my experience you know people relate to things when i'm really sad i'll listen to adele because i can relate to her when i'm you know what i mean when i'm on yeah. feel sexy i'll put a bit of rihanna or someone on you know music yeah, yeah, yeah. sparks memory and memory sparks feeling and feelings what make us humane human you know yeah yeah yeah. so um that well that's what it does for me and i want to do that for other people yeah that's amazing yeah, and just, again have a safe space for people too many people are dying and um, being killed and killing themselves which is so sad just because mm. they don't feel accepted and mm. in 2019 come on we should not mm. be doing that to people yeah it's yeah. such a deep was there any part of the so you were quite well i don't know there's a yeah. there's a spectrum isn't it Uh, it's relative how old you were when you realized you were gay. But that yeah. was you mid twenties. That no, no, no. It was literally within nine months. Yeah. <laughs> so hilarious. it was around the 21 as well. Yeah. Uh, my lawyer. How funny. Bit of gossip. My lawyer was managing Sarah Stennett, ooh, ooh, who manages mm. Rita Ora now. She was managing Jesse J at the time. Just this was before Jesse J. About a year before she started releasing, so she was getting ready. Me and Jesse J became friends, and she was like, "You're gay," and I was like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not." She was like my first industry friend, and then she was like, "Oh my god, you should come and hang with us." Hang. She had like this really cool. Everyone was kind of who they wanted to be. First crew that I saw where the girls were ma like me, masculine and but still really pretty, still wore makeup, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then the more I started to be around it, the more I was open to it, the more it just started to feel natural. And kind of that's how, was how it started moment? for me. Was there a moment when you went, <gasps> Yeah, one of the girls fancied me and I was like, no, no, no. And then, yeah, there was a moment. All of it, it's just looking at someone different. It's weird. And it didn't feel wrong. And then, you know, your first kiss. It's literally a film. Your first yeah. kiss and, and you get tingles and then you go home and you're in denial and then you don't want to talk to her. And then, you, yeah, I went through all the motions, literally. Wow. And so, then does something change once you... Yeah, do you know what changed? I just started to own myself more and not care and be really honest. You know, um, especially growing up in a strong household. I don't blame my mum, but because my mum was so strict, she made me really good at lying, white lying, I guess, and hiding things because I did everything kids would do. But I just found a way to not let her think that or mm. to be different people around, to be a chameleon, which mm. isn't good. And then it got to a point where I didn't really know who I was. I lost sight of me because to my mom, I'm this really good girl and I go to the studio, but she don't know I'm going to studio and I'm, because she hates rap and I don't know I'm having a drink or, you know, I'm doing everything yeah. kids done. So I just learned how to be a really good chameleon. And then when I came out gay, because everyone kind of went, <gasps> and kind of took a massive step back for me. I, and I was on my own. I was like, oh my God, who am I? I need to pick myself up. Where, where do I feel good? Where do I feel love? Where am I getting good energy? And then I was just understanding other people's stories. And then um, when the music, the money went, I became homeless. 
And at the time, my mum wouldn't take me back. Well, we weren't talking, so I couldn't go back home, couldn't do anything. So I went into emergency hostels where, you know, um, a guy tried to come in my room saying, you're not gay, with his bits out, putting them in my face. Thank God I'm strong enough to kind of ah, fight and scream and, you know, um, not be a, a scared girl or just take it. And then that got me... Um, into a better hostel and then the lady died below me and cockroaches were coming up and then all these little things have just kind of helped me get strong again you know and just Mm -hmm. realize that no matter what I've always got myself and when I was in these hostels um, they used to have like a common room where everyone would be together and they'd have a mic and I just used to go like I felt really sorry for myself and one day they had a talent show kind of thing and I got up and did my raps and everyone was like amazed and then other people got up and hearing is, is even, even now it's so hearing some girls stories like this girl wrote a poem and she was like my dad touched me when I was young my mum didn't believe me I got kicked out I was in care I've had three children taken away from me but I'm okay and I'm happy and this woman every day I would see her you alright Roxanne the life of everyone you know you could see that she had pain and struggle obviously we're all in this big hostel but still so happy still had hope still going to church she took me to church and stuff like it just made me think now nah, Sort yourself out, Roxanne. How dare you wallow in self-pity? You're okay. You're just gay. People don't get it. It's okay. That's okay. You rap. You know what I mean? And then I think that's when I really started to humble myself and realise that the, the mission is bigger than just how I feel about myself. And I think that's what I remember and that's what I'm stepping, moving forward with. But how long it's were really you homeless? Important. I was homeless six years. Six I just years. got my flat in September, just gone. You've been my homeless permanent. until September? Yeah, literally. <sighs> I was in temporary accommodation for two years, the hostel before that two years, and then the emergency hostel two years. But apparently that's quick. Um, some people have, it's it, 10 to 12 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Is that something that, is that in the back of your head a lot? 100%. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine that yeah. it's... It's really in my head and it's, it's really in my head, but it's also my motivation mm. because it's just, it, it's what I've been through. It's not who I am. It does, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's how I feel with it. I think a lot of people are really quick to judge and a lot of us wallow in self-pity and feel entitled. None of us are entitled. And and I. it's really made me believe also as well what it done, being in a hostel, is it made me, I guess, check myself and my ignorance. Because there was one guy, um, you know, before I'd been in hostels, I used to see the big issue people and homeless people and be like, oh, you know, oh, get away from me. You put, your, you put yourself in this position. But no, and living with them, like there was this guy that lived in the hostel, but he would get up and go and sell the big issue. He was he couldn't get a job. So he was just trying to get a bit of money and feed his dog. He, he had a massive, he, he ran a company. His wife took everything he's had. His family turned against him. She fell in love with his best friend. He got hooked on drugs because he felt so alone. And unfortunately he's here. But now he's... Not on drugs. He's going to rehab. He's selling a big issue. He's trying. So that made me think, you're so, you were so ignorant at one point, Roxanne. Of course you're here. The universal law. You give what you get. So I think that's always in the back of my mind. And I'm really trying to be open and help and accept people for who they are. Tell me about the spirituality. You mentioned okay. you were spiritual. Yeah. So again, um, I was grew up Catholic. Made my Holy Communion confirmation. So when my mom, not she, no one ever threw religion at me, but my mom goes to church four times a week, prays. Da, da, da. Every time you speak to my mom, you say, oh, I've hurt my leg, pray. 
Oh, mum, I can't find my purse. Pray to St. Nicholas. She she knows who you... You know what I mean? Yeah. Bless her. I love her for that. And it gives her hope. So I understand, you know, yeah, hope's yeah. the only thing that beats fear. But for me, when I was feeling really alone, the only thing that was making sense to me was, and giving me hope were my crystals. I got um, uh, a clear quartz, which is kind of... It, yeah. It gets rid of negativity. It helps you rebuild yourself. It, and it's one brick. It helps you be strong on your own. And then what else did I get? I got an amber, which helps clear your throat. I, was, I had writer's block. Found it really hard to kind of understand and write about what I was going for at the time you know sometimes you got to live before you can write about it so I was really I got that for my throat it cleanses your throat um clean all your chakras I was just reading about it and it was and then yeah. the moon the moon's um uh, the moon represents female you know femininity every 28 days we have periods and a cycle there's a new moon every 28 days so all of this stuff was really just ding 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 clicking home and really just um what they call it really just uh, getting inside of me and making me giving me hope again back yeah. to that word giving me hope so I really got into it I was reading a lot about it I would clean my crystals um, what do you do with the crystals what, yeah, what do, you, so do you just have them on you or yeah do you yeah all you do is you, you have you, you can touch them you can have them on you some like love courts some people there's citrine citrine is also for a corner of your house it brings productivity productivity it brings finance it brings good energy in your house yeah incense sage sticks Get you put them in all your corners you walk around your house clears all the bad energy that people have brought in and stuff literally things that you don't realize even jewelry they say don't in spiritual world don't wear someone else's jewelry because um it could it's got their energy on it and some people mm. don't realize what they've been through some people are cursed not cursed but when they their moms were i guess creating them and, and parents they weren't in a good space and sometimes you can pass on that uh, negativity oh. or that feeling that emotion that you're going Just through all energy that is energy it? it's yeah saying that um be very careful you can get other people's demons when you sleep with people you're connecting you're uh, yeah so it was really just ding 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 hitting yeah. home so i was getting into it more keep crystals on me i started to get crystal necklaces just little things yeah. and then i slowly i don't know if it was me believing it me thinking and believing it or actually the higher force the universe mother yeah. nature but it, it helped me clear my mind smoky courts it's all about clearing your mind getting the fog out so you can see clearly again and be on your right path really helped me wow and they're only like and the thing was it wasn't expensive it was, yeah it's one two pound for a crystal oh really and, you know i was in a hostel so i never had a lot of money i couldn't go and buy balls of 15 20 pounds you know what i mean yeah. i couldn't so it, it was my thing i guess so tell me about growing up with in the you said Rastafari what is, what is Rastafari okay so Rastafari is so that's your father yeah that's yeah. my dad and um, my dad wasn't around so um, his family I'm very grateful his family kept me about and my aunts all really long dreadlocks Rastas long dreadlocks oh yeah that's, so that's yeah. that's what it is it's believing in Jah which is always God and Selassie higher force you know, you always see people with lions. Selassie was a king that even the queen, that's our queen now, bowed down to at one point. The Rastafarians were the first people, why, why it's kind of a religion, they were the first people to go against slavery. You know, they had to comb their hair and kind of have cane rows. Uh. They said, I'm not combing my hair anymore. That's how dreadlocks are formed when when black people or anyone doesn't comb their hair anymore. All you yeah. do is you keep twisting it and then your hair knots together and out comes a dreadlock. Right. So they went against the um, slaves. Tribes would get spears. They, um, masters, they, they were the first people in history to fight the slaves. So oh. it's, that's why people still do it because I guess it's, it's almost uh, in freedom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And then the, the big thing with that, when you hear people say Jah is God and Selassie, Zion is heaven. 
okay. Lauren Hill sings about it. And Selassie, he was a man that was, uh, I guess, a prophet. And he had a power that he used to have lions as pets. He used to walk with lions. And it, I guess it gave people hope that he was like a god because who can walk with lions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had lions as pets. You'd see him stroking them, sitting on them, you know, loving them. So that was the rest of um, what my aunts and that family believed in, I guess. Reggae, you know. I guess smoking weed they believe in is a thing. And then the Irish side was my mum was Catholicism, you know, but then also with the Irish, very similar to Jamaicans, but they just yeah. drink, <laughs> you know, no dogs, that, no blacks, no Irish. Because you're saying similar at the same time as I was thinking opposite. No, it's weird because they're the opposite. But when the Irish first came over, they were slaves too. In in nineteen in the 1920s and 30s, the, oh, the, um, yeah. the signs used to say, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. God, yeah. So... It's weird, but they're very similar. In Birmingham, where I grew up as well, like um, a lot of people that are mixed race are J- Irish and Jamaican because really? it's like a lot of them went to Birmingham. Yeah, and obviously oh. the English colonised or colony, uh, they had Jam- they had um, the Caribbean. That's why a lot of Caribbean people are over here where America took Africa. They had African slaves. And that's why there's a lot of um, African-Americans where we took the Jamaican and the Caribbean slaves. Thank you for educating me on no, all no, this. No, no, no. none of exactly. this. And it's, it's so powerful, yeah. you know, to, to know. Exactly. So it's mad because I'm from such strong people, but yeah. I guess they had their own fight. And... Yeah, they had set in their own way. So it was quite hard because even in Jamaica, and then again, why both, why Jamaicans really, really hate, um, uh, not hate gays, but have a a thing where everyone knows they don't like gays, I guess. They're less, is again, in slave history, the masters to demean and make um, men feel weak and horrible and show that the masters are the masters. They used to make men have sex together. So that's why they say, we don't like gays, uh, fuck women, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why they're so strong about it. That's where that culture comes from. Because of the masters used to make the, the men have sex together and all watch it in front of the, everyone and really, you know what I mean? Awful, Re- yeah, isn't yeah. it? So it goes back. Even like the word uh, blood clots, it's what the ladies used to use as jam rags. And they used to call it to the slave masters, where today it's, it's, a, um, it's a swear ah. word. Shut up, your blood clot. Where really, it's, that's where it's from, the oh. word. It's it's crazy. Is that part of why you didn't blood cloth? It was a blood cloth they used to call it for women. I didn't know the word at all. I'd yeah, yeah. Heard the word in at all. in Jamaica, there's a swear word like "shut up your blood cloth." They say, oh. but it comes from a blood cloth, which is what the ladies used to use. They make make cloth for sanitary towels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they used to say that in their own little thing, "Oh, the masters are blood cloths," and that's where it came from. It's crazy. It's so mad. So how does that work with the energy? Is that an energy you think that's also being passed through? Or, yeah, it's suppressed because I, I guess black people still feel suppressed today. So I feel like... They exactly. are also still. Yes. You are also still So oppressed. this is why it's really hard, especially in the gay communities and the communities of today. It's hard to be gay anyway, but imagine being black and gay. It's even... It's, it's, it's a big thing. Yeah. So this is why I'm really trying to... Even more so, that's why it's... For the next generation, that hopefully they find themselves before, how old was I? 21. And then 25, I guess, I really became who I am now. Today I'm 28. So it's... Have you already heard from kids? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what makes me keep going. Every single day or every show, even when I post, I'll always get someone saying, oh, 
can't wait to hear this. Uh, I haven't released music in five years. So everybody, a, a lot of my supporters are like, I can't wait to hear this new for her. And people hit me up like, I'm gay, but I don't know how to tell my mom or I'm black and gay. I don't know how to tell my dad. I had a girl, I'm in Jamaica. I don't know what to do. All the clubs, gay clubs in Jamaica are underground. Yeah. Like not even just underground. I mean, literally in the, the, the holes underground because oh. they get acid and stuff thrown on them. Like it's really bad still today. Yeah, sure. Mm. But you get you ha you reach people. You yeah, know that you yeah, know that you course. reach them. And talks like this, even um, when how we met on that talk, although it wasn't a gay talk, but who knows who's listening? Yeah, we don't know who's listening. And yeah, at the yeah, end, yeah. one of the ladies come up to me and she was like, "Oh my god, I really enjoyed that." She's like, "Yeah, I'm brown." She's like, "I thought I might be fruity, but I've never actually." You know what I mean? I've got people Amazing. thinking about it as well. Yeah, and thinking about themselves and accepting it. So. Yeah, the mission is way bigger than me just... It's way bigger than becoming a massive rapper. Or I, I don't envision myself to be Jay-Z. You know, I don't yeah. want to be... I don't... I don't I'm not um, motivated by money. And I'm, I'm motivated by success for the community. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's so much more... So much more fulfilling. Yeah, like money feels good just when you yeah, get them. Yeah, money's great, but... Or just when you have something to spend. Mm. Or obviously it feels good to it's not It's all be, temporary. Yeah, exactly. Money brings temporary happiness. Yeah, and then you, I think yeah. it's, oh, there was some study about there is an amount, mm -hmm. up until a certain amount, lack of money can make you sad, and then up yeah. to a certain <laughs> amount, it can make you happy. That's true, But then true from then too. on, it's something like this, like a, a maximum amount where anything above that doesn't affect your feelings at all. Wow. I believe that. Yeah. Because when you sense. know your money's not going to run out, Simon Cowell and people like that, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you have? Yeah. But it's so true. When you are broke, you feel so shit. I had a... Um, <laughs> Because I don't understand this country. <laughs> no, no one does. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> we so don't. I fucked up with some tax stuff. Well, I didn't oh, fuck up. I, I had it. misunderstood my um, accountant and I didn't, I had moved house. So I, I didn't, I thought they would just automatically be told that I'd moved. That doesn't happen. Apparently you have to tell them. Oh no. So suddenly there was yeah. a debt collector calling me going like, you have to pay. The and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what's happening. I don't know who you are. Do I trust you? Is it like a scam? Yeah. So I had this whole panic and she wouldn't tell me how much I owed. Yeah, and I was just sounds like, like a scam. I, yeah, I was like, excuse me, would you just like tell me? Like, what? She was like, what's your address? And I was like, I'm not going to tell this woman. on the. Anyways, long story short, there was about 20 minutes yeah. of full-on panic where I thought, I don't know what I've done. Is it illegal? Am I... Am I in trouble? Yeah, it's coming much, for me. Yeah, and how much money is it? Is it something that I will never be able to pay? Like, mm. what has happened? And she was so rude to me, and she was so demeaning and condescending. And at the end, it was like a fair amount, and I paid it off, and everything was fine, yeah, and I changed still. my address, all of that. But it was the 20 minutes of realizing, like, my mom, yeah. uh, also single mother, poor. We were yeah. always yeah. very poor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just imagine that because i'm so lucky now yeah i've worked hard and i am and where i am and yeah, it's fine it is nice but like my mom would have got or like just other single other yeah, yeah, people yeah. who don't have the money coming in at some point what would they have done would have gotten that phone call going yeah. you have to if you don't pay we're going to call you every single day until you pay like and it's scary i was i was so angry with her not her because she's just another person course, wanting but, to make a no, living but still she could have been human about it well she, she should have been, yeah, yeah but it's that's capitalism isn't it yeah Forcing yeah yeah her to, if she doesn't get the money True. she doesn't get True. Blah, blah, blah but it was that reminder of oh my god i'm so lucky yes oh i'm so blessed god. Yeah, yeah as long as it, if you don't have debt collectors calling you if you don't struggle to pay your rent you you're fine you're okay yeah you're okay and it's okay to be okay yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like we, more. yeah, we always want to pretend that we're not okay. Mm. Let's be okay and be happy and uh, ravishing it. 
I agree, but what's scary with debt collectors is what they would have done is they would have found your address and came here. Yeah. Then they break in your doors and they'll they'll just start taking things, your laptop, yeah. your this, your that, to, to get the amount. Yeah, I looked up the company and people had said that they had uh, found them on social media to try and shame them. They'd contacted people's families to try and what? shame them into paying. And at one point, and that I knew that as this woman was shouting at me, and at one point she said... Um, if you don't pay by blah, blah, we're going to have to take in desperate measures or something. And I snapped and I was like, oh, good. Then I'm going to make more money. Good. I'm glad you said that because then at this mountain of money I'm sitting on, I'm just going to choose. Like it was never a choice to not I pay that bill. Yeah. Like of you're course. making it sound like or I'm work with me. Yeah, like how is it helping me that you're gonna th- like threats? That's wow. not gonna give me money. No, of course it's not. And I snapped. I was a bit like, I shouldn't have snapped with her. It's not her fault. No, but yeah, it was. Part of it is like, yeah. This is not people's choice. No one's poor by no, choice. Yes, I agree. Right? Like Nobody no one, is. No Nobody wants it. to starve. Nobody wants to choose, is it travel or food today? Mm. You know, am I going to walk? Sorry, am mm. I going to walk or am I going to get the bus? Nobody wants that. No one. No one. Nobody. You started by saying that you had that you were um, positive about 2019. Yeah, I yeah? really am. Yeah, I don't know if it's a cycle. I don't know. For the last two or three years, I've been really down. Yeah. Not 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 really down like you um, feeling sorry for myself, but just nothing was really clicking. All my ideas, nothing. I wasn't really finishing anything. I wasn't really consistent, you know, with everything. Where um, for the last six months, I've just really been knuckling down and writing plans and writing goals again. And I I don't know. The energy just feels different. Mm-hmm. The air it feels nice to walk out. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just in la la land. But I'm really looking forward to it. I've got my EP next month. Um, me and my girlfriend might be breaking up and you would think I'm going to be really sad but I'm not I believe in the universe and my nan bless rest in peace she always used to say to me what's for you won't miss you or pass you so if if we're supposed to be we'll be if we're not then the mission is bigger than me thinking I need your love I'm I'm set goals am I making sense yeah you are because I'm last go- year I've done so much in the last six months I'm, I I can I've done podcasts I've done panels and I connected with so much people I realised that the mission is way more than just how I feel about myself yeah. and what I'm going through it's just it's it sounds perfect I'm just trying to imagine if you you must have days where oh my you're God. just like in yeah. bed I'm not leaving the yeah, fuck everything yeah but you know what I do now I've so <laughs> imagine last I Growing up, I was only good at music and sport. So I thought, oh, I need a backup plan, like everyone. You can't just do one thing these days. You've got to be a bit of a hustler. So I got my um, personal training certificate. Anyway, now I work six hours a week. <laughs> it sounds like nothing. I teach a spin class. Oh, really? So, and my classes are like, I got two 7 a.m.s, one 6.30, and I, it's in Great Portland Street. So I ride from Shoreditch, that's a half an hour bike ride. So even just that, it gets me up. You know, normally I would have stayed yeah. in bed or slept till 10. Well, I have to be there for 7, ready to start my class. So I wake up at 5.30, leave at 6. You know, I'm up and I'm riding. I'm releasing them endorphins. I'm listening to podcasts and music on my way to work. I'm, I've learned that I'm conditioning my brain to think better, not to feel sorry for myself. And that's a really big thing. And anyone who's listening that, I don't know, might be going through or feeling depressed, it really works to get up. Just get up and listen to um, what's in Alan Watts really good Alan Watts Abraham Hicks just positive motivational speakers just think about what you do want think about where you're going not where you are how you feel and it really does help condition your mind to think and feel better so I'm just practicing that also just get and I hate it Mm because I asked for advice on some social media platform about you know what helps in these dark moments 
And so many people said, go outside. And I was like, fuck you, fuck. And then I, I've done it and it's it's working. Unfortunately, it's Isn't working. Isn't it? It's yeah, weird. It's, so, it's so crazy. Or literally, what did I do? I just went to the park and read a chapter of my book. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And just give myself little goals. Like, I'm really badly dyslexic at reading. So I haven't read a book since school. And I really want to. So this year, what I've done is I've set myself a goal. I'm going to read a book a month. So what I do, not nothing big. And right now, yeah. the book I'm reading is 300 pages. So what I've done is... 31 days in January, 200 and no, 300 pages, divide it by 31, that's mm. eight pages a day. I can do that. Yeah. Eight pages a day. I set an alarm. I, I read two pages in the morning, two in the bath, as I'm, you know what I mean, or in the shower just before when I'm traveling, da da da, before you know it, I have a book read by the end of the month. Just little things. Yeah. Don't try and look at it like, oh, yeah. break it down. Divide the pages by the days or the weeks or the chapters, whatever works for you. And before you know it, that you could be reading 12 books in a year. A lot of that demands that you're quite present and aware, yeah, and right? disciplined. And you take a decision to do yeah, something. Yeah. I feel like often I wake up and I'm like, what did I do in the last week? Yes. What did I actively decide to do? And yeah. what did I just do because uh, automatically? Just because I need to do yeah. or have to do. Yeah, and that's the difference. Again, conditioning your brain just to think and your body to do better. Yeah. Discipline, because I think, especially as we get older as adults, And you're in your 20s, you're free. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 20s, yeah. you're free. You learn all your lessons. We f we go, we rebel and we go against discipline. So then we kind of get closer to our 30s and we're like, okay, I need to sort my life out now. You know? <laughs> so you said quite a bit the thing about you not really feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. But isn't... You've obviously, obviously, have, had, you've obviously have had things in your life that have been negative yeah like, yeah of course or so is there a value to allowing yourself to also feel sorry for yourself oh my sometimes? god yeah i think there's a value to um, i think it's not feeling sorry for yourself but knowing that it happened and okay this did happen i felt this way about it but it gets better over time you know like for instance um in similar uh, my nan was my world who died when i was 23 and i'm okay about i can talk about it now it, I, i look at that as it happened i got the memories I love her very much, but I'm going to be okay and I'll see her one day. Mm. And I think that's what keeps me going. I have been through this stuff, but I'm still here. I do have a flat. I have a home. I'm very blessed. All of those things I can put into the music and, like I say, maybe stop it from happening to somebody else. Yeah. So you or, don't think there's a kind of any suppressed or repressed, uh, like, uh, bubble of pain that you've not dealt with? You do. Oh, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe I'll turn in five years, Britney Spears, shave my head off and say, ah, I don't know. But today I'm here. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. say. I'm not going to try and push no, you into no, it. No, no, no. And I'm a Gemini as well. And apparently um, we're half, we're naturally schizophrenic and have bipolar issues. So maybe you've just caught me on an up period. Uh -oh. Give me six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look I don't the know. Moon. Yeah. Are you into astrology? I'm oh, my God. Tell, how do you? I've got it on my face. My, you can't oh, see. It. I've that... got it tattooed into my back of my head. Oh shit! I've you're got, really yeah, into it then. <laughs> yeah, I'm really into it. I'm trying to. Well, you, I have a. I just bought a book about it because I was like, oh, I need to learn uh, about this. Yes, like I'm really into astrology. Yeah. Really, really, really. Astro Again, yeah. I found that when I found the spirit, um, the yeah. spirituality, because it just kind of makes sense. But that's the thing. When the first time I even knew anything about that it was a thing was when I was. 14, 15 maybe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was on my way into the, a very horrible depression 
Uh, so I was hating everything ha- about myself. Is so oh, isn't but it? also, I was at the same time a teenager. Yeah. So you already hate yourself. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone <laughs> like, else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I remember Googling or Altavis, whatever it was at that time. And I um and I read about um, Scorpio. Yeah. And I read oh, about I love Scorpios. Yeah. I love Scorpios. <laughs> it's a Scorpio <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I read just like a description of Scorpios, and it was pointing out things. It was saying things that were not negative, but yeah. things like you know sometimes they get a bit too much, or too, too passionate, or they like to yeah. be aggressive when they argue, yeah. and stuff like that. And it was just things. Or they care were, until they don't. That's yeah. why I always read about Scorpios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And I, it was just a feeling of someone putting. Uh, words onto my negative sides, mm-hmm. but not as if it was something that I had to be fixed. No, it was a bad thing. Yeah. It was just, it's who you are. So these things, yeah. you can just kind of put aside and go, well, that's just your personality. Yeah. The rest is a bit fucked, but you can fix that. But this is just, you were always meant to be this. Yes. Oh, it was, was such it nice? a relief. Isn't it? It, it is. was such a relief. Like even me, I'm laughing about you when I'm, as Gemini's <laughs> are a bit schizophrenic, but I'm like, okay, so that's why I go mad sometimes. It's cool. Yeah. I'm not mad. It's yeah. just, a part of where I was born, where the stars aligned in the universe when I was born, which is okay. You know yeah. what I mean? I really believe, and that's why I'm so into the universe. The uni- as we know, the universe is so big. Like, it's just amazing how I'm really, I, I guess, um, what do they call it? I get really excited by how amazing it is and how everything just fits and how Earth is in space and how the, the, we've got enough water and land. If we had, And if we were literally like one millimetre closer, we would burn from the sun and... It's just crazy. I yeah. really and I really believe in astrology and pl- do like planets. Yeah. My planet's Mercury, so I need communication. This, ah. Which is this, um, Gemini's and Virgos, their planet's Mercury. So we really need communication. So with me, which is true, for me to understand something, we have to sit and talk and communicate to me how you feel, and then I'll take it on. Because if you don't and just expect me to pick up on it, it's gonna go over my head. Yeah. So. That's one of my things. And it's important to let, especially in relationships, let my partners or friends know so people know how to deal with me. Yeah. You know, and then um, my air, air sign, I'm air, which is true. Gemini is mine. We change like the wind. I could be going left and I could be right. I work really well with water signs. Are, I th- are you water? I think water is, I think Scorpio is so water, do I. isn't So it? that's why my, all my best friends are Scorpio. Makes sense. Air and water make yeah. waves. Oh, we yeah. Make waves, you know, um, my ex-girlfriends and stuff were fire signs. Leo's, Aries, Sagittarius. Doesn't work. I'm air, they're fire. When we argue, we go up in smoke. You know, like things just really started to make sense to me. Then you have earth signs like Tauruses and I forget what else. They're just earthly. They're really cool, which is true. Yeah, You know what I mean? It just kind of, I guess, it just clicked for me and makes sense. So I go by that. Instead of, no offence to religion, but I wasn't there. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I believe little things, but I also know people exaggerate. I've never told a story the same twice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, when, I think when I was a teenager, I was very... Um, How were you brought up? Were you religious? or No, never. No. Very, very... Very open uh, Atheist. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, it's Denmark. Yeah. No one's... No one else. Religion <laughs> yeah. isn't really a thing. Oh, you're wow. kind of a weirdo if you're religious. Mm. Like there's the religious comedian. Yeah. We have that one guy who believes wow. in God. Yeah. <laughs> but that also, it, atheism so often mm. comes with so much arrogance and belief that you are right. And when I was a teenager, I was so anti everything. You know, really? Yeah. You know, this very know like rigid like yeah. kind of <laughs> relig- fuck mm. religion, fuck this, fuck this, this fuck this, this. I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of I thing. just believe in science. I like I'd ever read a science book, but, like shut up. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so I think my, I'm now realizing how much, how many of my opinions are based on 
nothing. Yeah. You know, like astrology is something I'm instinctively, I talked to my, my best friend about this a few days ago. I said, have you ever um, thought about astrology maybe? And she said, she said, oh, it's weird because my instinct is to say fuck off. Yeah. But she was like, but why am I thinking that? But why? We're, we're it's both, so true. But yeah, why? We're, we're both thinking, why am I instinctively I believe it's learned behavior. Of course. It's got to yeah. be learned behavior. Yeah. Like everything else. It's and a fear be. to be wrong and a fear to be silly. A fear to be wrong. A fear for other people to say, oh, you believe in or that? Or a fear to look weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you go out there and you just... Have you watched that film, Bird Box? Not yet. No. Oh, my God, you have to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say anything. Then. Okay. Just clicks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I watched it last night. Crazy. Yeah? So many little things about how the world is and how it works. Yeah? It's scary. How people think... I don't even want to say anything. Please okay. watch it watch and it. email me and when email, you watch yeah. it. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give you a live comment. Literally. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. I will. You're the first person who asked me to see it that I will listen to. Oh, my God. No. I think you most have people to. have been like, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. It's different. Yeah. A question that I always ask is this. <clears throat> okay. What would you most like for me to ask you? Wow. Oh, my God. That. What would I most like for you to ask me? In in any well, it could be maybe you had a a subconscious idea of what you were going to talk about. Maybe there's something happening right now that you really want to talk about. Maybe there's yeah. a thing you're never asked in interviews that you wish people would have asked, and you always go away from interview thinking like, oh, why didn't they? Yeah, do you know what? I'm really quite open, and I always get across what I wanted to say. Come in here today. I thought we were going to talk more about um, what's it like being a woman in music. Mm. Um, but again, get that question all the time. What would I love for you to ask me? I would like for you to ask me, do you know what? No one ever asks me, do you believe in yourself? Do you believe that you can do what you think? Yeah. You can do. Because I think people are really um, interested, but I don't know if they believe I'm really going to do it or if I really believe it. Am I just saying this because I think it's the right thing to say? Where I genuinely believe everything I'm saying. That's interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like you having... I guess the it's only me doubt, almost looking at myself. Yeah, it's your, the only doubt you have is about if other people see you in the right way. Yes, or oh, that's kind of believe one. Yeah, because um, with me, a lot of... Throughout my life, I've... Um, or should, As I got older, so I... <laughs> growing up, this is going to be hilarious. Growing up, I was really ugly, right? And everyone... Yeah, I was really ugly. Um, my, my voice was deeper, believe it or not. It's broke now. And people always used to... I would play football, I'd be in track, always, again, always a tomboy. And every time I would go, you know, you go to your mum's friend's house and you end up playing out with the kids around that area or you meet new people. And I remember when I was young, go into an area and playing out with these kids for hours. And then someone saying, people used to call me Rocky. So I'd always introduce Rocky, like Rocky Balboa, because I used to box. And I remember my mum calling me, Roxanne, we're going home now. And literally I've been playing these kids about four or five hours. And they were like, oh, you're a girl crazy didn't even know the whole time we'd been playing to get four or five hours didn't know we'd been playing tig football everything kids play they didn't know i was i was a um i was a girl and then i used to get bullied and be rock's man because i was quite you know your teeth you know when you lose your front teeth and then they grow back and they were yeah. really big i was quite goofy and then it's i got trek kind of a certain way and then when i got to 16 
I don't know, I always say the ugly duckling story, not that I'm amazing, but I started to look a bit better and, and get uh, boys and men approach me, you know, and just get a bit cuter. And then I got into makeup and it got really superficial, you know, started doing the full glam and, and, and then I would get a lot of attention. And then, and, and, and then people used to care about me, care about my music. I'd been doing music since I was 13, 14. All the um, talent shows in Birmingham, everyone in Birmingham will know Roxanne because they know, oh yeah, she used to do this. Used to, anything that I could do, I would do it. And an only child, so my mum used to send me everywhere to get me out of the house kind of thing. So um, it's crazy to see how ignorant people are and how everything changed. So when I came to London, before people even really heard the music, the record labels and stuff, they used to be like, yeah, oh my God, Big Afro, Khalees, this and that. We can do this with her. We can do that with her. Where now I'm like, I'm going to play you. You guys all look at me. Like even, I love my PR, but even them, like they love me but they love me how they love me when I start wearing a bit of plaits or maybe I put a bandana on all oh, rocks bit harsh just keep the afro you know the afro looks better than the plaits bit bit lighter so everyone has their version of what they oh rocks you're stunning when you have your hair back like that you, you could do Chanel campaigns but, but stay like that so now I'm at the point where I'm like I know how shallow you are but it's cool because I'm going to use it I'm going to glow up I'm going to get where I need to go, but then I'm going to be different with it. I'm going to rebel. I'm going to bring people in. I'm going to show how superficial you are and how fake you are and what really I'm about. So I guess that's where I'm at today, trying to use all this stuff that the gloss that the industry see and yeah. then switch it back and say, fuck you guys, really, and bring all the, the misfits in. I feel you must have so much knowledge that a lot of people don't have because you've tried... You've you've had the experience of how people would treat you if they thought you were a boy. Yeah, or for a boy, or you wasn't as pretty as. Yeah, you've tried being the pretty and the ugly. So you've to be beautiful. Yeah, you know? so you must have so much of a. I don't know how conscious it is, but you must have such a knowledge of people and how they. That's crazy. Do you know what? I I feel like I really do. I really, I really. My friends say this to me as well. Like I really understand people. I get on with a lot of people because I'm open to learning, and I I think this is from being an only child as well because. Mm. When I, I wasn't, when I was little, I was around adults because I'd be with my mom. So you'd learn how to talk to adults. You'd learn manners. I learned from a young age, manners get you a really long way. So I'd be overly manageable. And I'd always be the friend that um, I guess your mom would like because to your mom, I'd be great. But then outside, again, chameleon, knowing yeah. what to do because I, I used to know how to act around adults, seeing my mom be a single parent and get what she needs to and how she needs to maneuver through life for us to be okay. So I think I picked that up without knowing. I was like a sponge. So uh, knowing that and kind of being conscious and having the other side of the bullshit, I'm trying to merge and use them together. Yeah. I guess. That's really interesting because you must... How Do you think that has had any kind of uh, effect on how you see yourself as a woman? Oh my God, 100%. To have been, not have been both a boy and a girl, but have been treated in both Definitely. different ways. Definitely. But then sometimes I think, you know how you said sometimes do you think you're suppressing this sad thing for it to come out? Sometimes I, I still wonder and I still don't understand myself 100%. I'm still learning. I think, am I like this and am I gay because I didn't have a dad so I don't believe in a male figure so mm -hmm. I don't want a male figure because inevitably I think he's just going to leave me. Mm. And leave me with my, and then break my child's heart, you know. So I again, I'm still figuring it out, and and all of this is is in the music, you know. Um, yeah, Roxanne, I don't need no man. I'm still grieving for my nan. Like loads of little things, or I think, but maybe I could just be grieving my dad, grieving my dad, still grieving my nan, holding it together, believing that I can 
doing it alone I'm not leaning on no fam it's authentically grown I'm still leading my gang not needing your hand or your help eight years on I'm still here by myself you know like just little really little things that just is kind of how I write just talking to myself do you find your do you have uh, what's the process do you have those thoughts and then you put it into the music or do you yeah. realize that you have those thoughts when you are doing the music yeah do you know what you know you said when I'm walking a lot sometimes I'll get out of my house and just sit on a bus go round and round five hours and I'll write songs seeing people at fresh air stuff when I hear music because um, I'm dyslexic I don't write I sit like this at home with my little mic and I'll listen to the music and I'll just put ideas down and then keep going back listening to it keep remembering what I'm saying and then it will just grow and grow so they come straight from your... Sometimes, just my head, just my head how I feel. Like then, that's not even one of my lyrics. I just made that up sitting here. Really? That's just how it flows because I'm getting into it and then ah. it's just coming out. Yeah, I don't even know what I said. If you could send it back to me, yeah, I can make it, it into it. a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Just little things. Um, just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just, everyone's different and I feel like it's just the feelings that I have that I'm just trying to get out. Yeah. Because like you said, I have suppressed myself for so long and being an only child and even in hostels, I was alone a lot, you know? And then when you're with your friends, you just want to enjoy being your friends so you don't want to bring the vibe down and start talking about really yeah. what you're going through. So music is like my therapy. It's like, again, my safe space. Do you edit it then? Like when you've had this thought and you've... Yeah, so when yeah. I have this thought, I'm lucky. Which, that will be your raw... My raw, Insights. yeah, literally like this, garage band. Yeah. I have that. And then my best friend, Taylor, who's also my DJ from the Toms, Taylor made, she'll come and she makes beats. So I'll be like, I've got this idea. I'll, I'll say a bit to her and she'll get the feeling. And because we've been friends for so long now, about three, four years, very intense, we've got that connection that she just understands me, you know, and she'll be just here on her laptop and I'll be sitting there. And before you know it, we're in a vibe and we've got a track. Like, all the For Amazing. Her EP is me and Taylor. She sings and produces and I rap and write. Amazing. Yeah, like, I'm, I would really love to hear what you think oh about it God, as well. I'll send wait. it you before, yeah. I can't wait. ASAP. Yeah. What's the difference between an... This is so not a podcast no, no, no. question. Yeah, yeah. This is just me not knowing. An EP, is that Okay, so I'm, single? Ca I'm um, calling it a project because okay. an EP is between five... Well, some people put out two tracks. An EP is up to seven tracks. Okay. An EP is like a little bit of what an album could uh, sound okay, like. Okay, yeah. It's like a mini album. Okay. Mixtapes are whatever you want. It can be 10 songs, 20 songs, 50 songs. You okay. can use other people's beats. It's just kind of showing your ability on okay. a mixtape and what you're into. Um, albums are a thought out piece of work that kind of uh, all flows together albums are a journey yeah you know what I mean you get someone's album and that, it, that's why some artists have different vibes on an album because that's what Kanye West right. is a good Kanye was here for that album and then for the next one he's singing 808s and heartbreaks that's where he was for that album and ideally you listen from the beginning to the end to the you don't end necessarily and you get the journey yeah. yeah obviously we all as humans we pick our yeah. favorites but yeah. as, as an artist when you're in that zone you're trying to give someone an experience yeah, and then I'm I'm creating my own thing and just calling it a project. Yeah. Because it's um I think it's twelve tracks. It's albums these days are ten. It's kind of pro for her project. There's loads of different parts of me, so it's just a project. Amazing. It's more than an EP. It doesn't quite make an album because it's not a journey, but there is journey elements. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to ask you a tiny bit more about that, but first yeah. the last question, the first yeah, real no. the, the last question I always ask on this podcast. So. You're in the delivery room and you have just been born. 
Mm. Okay, so you are holding tiny Roxanne in your arms and she is crying because there's lights and sounds everywhere. And that was not what it was like in the womb. She feels a bit pissed off. She's yeah. like, what? Is this, is this what life's going to be? Is this going to be too bright light and too many loud sounds? Yeah. And so she's crying and you're holding her. And you know what's going to happen the next 28 years of her life. And you can say something to her about what life is going to be because you know there will be a lot of lights and sounds but it won't be lights and sounds it'll yeah. be you know all this other stuff that has happened mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you can you can't change the future so you can't give no, her advice yeah. that doesn't make any sense but you get to tell her about at least the next 28 years of her life what would you say to teeny tiny baby you oh i would say never lose hope because it's the only thing that can beat fear and and that's literally all i would say And, and wait for her to work it out. Because I think when we lose hope is when we kind of lose ourselves. And fear is something, is I think it's like one of the biggest things that kill creativity, everything. You know what I mean? That people mm. have. And people and, make, and then from fear, the brainstorm, or I should say the umbrellas are words like insecurities. Uh, depression can also come from fear because you're scared that you're not going to be what you think or other people around you think you should be, mm. you know? Mm. So I think always have hope. Whatever, find your place of hope. That's why I'm not mad at religious people because God just gives people hope. Whatever God you support, you know, it gives you hope that you're going to be okay tomorrow. Things are going to be okay. There's someone looking out for you, you know? So I think, yeah, that would be my thing to myself. Do you still need to be told that? Yeah, sometimes. But I think I'm getting more fearless by the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ideal. Yeah. So where can people find your stuff? Where, where can oh, they get um, the album? Yeah, so the EP, um, oh, oh, sorry, I keep the saying EP. EP, the project. The project. It was an EP, but I had to put more songs on it. The project will be, um, I'm gonna, I'm not sure, Spotify, it will be on Apple, it will be on all platforms, but if you want to follow me, I guess, on my journey, Instagram. My name's Spat Roxanne, R-O-Triple-X-A-N, so my Instagram is Um Yeah, I'm normally just Instagram. I'm not really good at Twitter, being dyslexic as I am, I can't spell, so I'm... Vision. Your yeah, Instagram is amazing. Your Thank Instagram you. Is I'm, so good. I'm really trying to. I get your PS calling you an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Wonderful. Just trying to yeah keep everyone happy, but uh, yeah. But then I try and put the quotes as something a bit more. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. yeah, I'm doing this, guys. But really, I'm think same thing. What I said. I'm using what I've got to get there, and then I'm switching it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love it. And bringing substance. Amazing. So people should get your album, your your project. Project, please stream <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, leave it on while you go to sleep so I get plays. Mute your computer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get Amazing. the gaze in the industry, I guess. Thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And I can highly, highly, highly recommend that you go and sign up for Patreon forward slash uh, patreon.com forward slash mopod mohpod where you can catch uh, on saturday some extra content of uh what roxanne said after we turned off this recording and started a new one where i asked her questions like what is your most unpopular opinion what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever done do you have a life hack and a bunch of stuff like that and i can tell you it gets interesting Her most unpopular opinion is, uh, unpopular. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, it really is. <laughs> Other people have been like, I don't like Pringles. And Roxanne was like, oh, uh-oh. 
what we talked about is she's fine. She's wonderful, but um, it's worth listening to. <laughs> if anything, just to hear me go, oh, shit. Uh, you can follow Made of Human Podcast on Twitter at Podmo, P-O-D-M-O-H, on Facebook as Made of Human Podcast, and our and on our website, madeofhumanpodcast.com, you can also get t-shirts and other merch. By the way, only buy the merch if you really want it, because I'm not making money off of it. Like, a tiny bit, but it doesn't... It doesn't even cost uh, cover the costs of selling it, basically. So that's just for you if you want to own it. I'm still really excited when I see someone wear the t-shirt. So, uh, but just if you're like, I better support by no, that's not how it works. <laughs> but uh, do buy it if you like it because some of the illustrations and stuff are really beautiful. So you can become a Patreon. That's what it, uh, you can become a patron on Patreon, which is what I said in the beginning as well. Uh, and if you do, if you're become a patron where you support financially per episode then uh if you give more than five dollars per episode you become a friend of the podcast meaning that oh there's some you can't record anything in london without the sound of death in the background um if you give more than five dollars per episode i will give you a thank you at the end, which is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to say thank you to these people who, and this is at the moment of recording, are the people who are supporting. So if you've just signed up and you don't hear your name, just wait a little and you, your name will be will be said out loud. It'll be said out loud wrong, but it will be said out loud. So I want to say a huge thank you to these amazing people who make my life, oh my God, so much, so much better, so much better. Huge, huge, huge thank you to... Andrea Papillon, Andy Walker, Anya Knoblauch, Autumn Blue Sky, Barry Norton, Caitlin Catposse, Claire McCowan, Connor O'Donovan, Danny Beckett, Daniel Rifferty, Daphne Fanger, Eleanor, Emma Appleton, Emma Chan, Fenella Don, Privacyosaurus, Aurora Teratops. I feel like someone's listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult. By Fiona Richardson, George Pearson, Hannah Keel, Harry Van Dyke, Harry and Lily French, Harry Minnet, Minnet, Minnow? Helena Thomas, Ida Sugolasen, Inga Ellingsen, James Brand, Janie Mahoney, Joe C, Kathy Draxelbauer, uh, Katie Hatfield, Katharina Engelsen, Katie, Kim Williams, Kirsten Davison, Queen T, Maury Fraser, Manso Amir, Marbles Loss, Marak Fraser, Olivia Robson, Paul Swaddle, Perpetual Motion, Fia Fene, Rachel Hemsley, Rachel Furley, Rachel Phillips, the three Rachels still in the lead, Ragdoll, Robert Knowles, Robin Cabell, Russell Hughes, Sarah Ferrer, Icasis, Sarah Allette, Sheena Machette Cole, Cecil Fjeldsu, and Susie Tyler. Wonderful people. Again, we still only have two Emmas. We have two Harrys. I feel like that's one I always miss. Oh, two Sarahs. We have three Rachels. So if you're called Emma, Harry, or Sarah. Or if you have a T. So we also have KT or Queen T. So, you know, you could be, you could be on a winning team here. If you call Rachel, you know, you can also sign up and you can just fuck everything up by just making the Rachels win forever. I'm just saying. So, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Dave Pickering for producing this episode, to Harriet Brain for writing and recording the jingle, and to Linda Brinkhouse for the logo. I will talk to you all next week. Bye! Mm-hmm.